you guys uh, have your Bibles, why don't you turn with us real quick to Psalms chapter 29. And, um, you know, uh, I think sometimes when we think of, of, of God speaking, a lot of times we hear of, we think of him speaking in a still, small voice, or we think of a gentle whisper. But sometimes I think God speaking is actually just the opposite. Sometimes he speaks to us with thunder and lightning and tempest and the breaking of trees and mighty waters and power and glory and majesty. And the psalmist here, David, is actually equating um, this to a storm. And so as we go into the text, and I'm setting the mood for you guys today, as we go into the text, think about a thunderstorm. Here we go. It says, and I'm reading out of the NLT today, it says, Honor the Lord, you heavenly beings. Honor the Lord for his glory and strength. Honor the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. The glory of the Lord thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty seas. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The voice of the Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon's mountains skip like a calf. He makes Mount Hermon leap like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks and strips the forest bare. In his temple, everyone shouts, glory. The Lord rules over the floodwaters. The Lord reigns as king forever. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Lord, I just pray for your word this morning. I pray that it will speak to us and minister to us, Father. I pray that you will, again, just do your miraculous work in us, Father. I just pray for maybe some people here this morning that are going through some storms. And as we're talking about storms and worship, I just pray that we'll be able to make the connection and, and that you'll, again, that you'll do your work and that you'll speak in us, Father, and that you'll minister to us, Father. May you be glorified. May you be um, lifted high, Father. I just pray that we will praise you in the storm. And we ask these things in your holy name. Amen. So this psalm was written by King David. Theologians are not entirely sure when. Some have speculated earlier in his life. Some have speculated maybe when he was a middle-aged man. Some have speculated that it was later in his life. Um, Perhaps he wrote it when he was a young man, man tending his sheep. Or perhaps he wrote it when he was hiding from King Saul in the caves in the hills. Or perhaps he wrote it, again, later in his life. But we know that perhaps when he wrote it, he was looking at, the storm, at a storm coming in, and he was looking at the rain and the wind and the lightning and the thunder. And as he was watching the awe-inspiring movement of God in nature, he penned this powerful psalm which speaks of a powerful storm and the presence of God in the midst of a powerful storm. And really, when you look at it, it's, 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 like, it's like this awe-inspiring psalm of, 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 of God in the midst of a storm. And I don't know if, if, if you've ever been in a, a bad storm before. 
Um, one of the more severe storms that I remember, one of the more severe storms that I remember being in is um, when, I was a, when I was a teenager, uh, we, had a, we had this ministry at a church called Royal Rangers, which is similar to like Boy Scouts. It's like a Christian Boy Scout thing. And we um, decided that we were going to take a wilderness camping trip up to, um, there's a string of lakes along the top of Minnesota called the Boundary Waters. And so we were going to do, we do a wilderness camping trip up there. And this is different, you know, you think about camping and, you know, but there was no, you didn't have any electricity. Um, the, the camping spots were merely an opening in the woods with a can about 50, 50 feet back in the woods to do the deed. And that was pretty much it. And so um, uh, I don't know if it's still like this, but about maybe 20, 20 some years ago when I went, um, it was, um, they didn't allow any, um, like everything you brought in, you had to take back out again. And so you brought all the food in that you, you they didn't allow any canned goods. So uh, every, everything that you brought in, you had to take back out again. And um, they didn't allow any uh, motorized boats on these lakes. They wanted to keep them pristine and very nice. And so, um, so we went there in the early spring. And I can remember we, we went in through, um, I think it's Ely, Minnesota, is kind of the, 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 the mouth going into the Boundary Waters. We had to portage through um, a couple of, through some trails. We had to carry our canoes, and we had to carry our backpacks and stuff. And I think we stayed at a lake called Crooked Lake that was about five miles into the Boundary Waters. And so five miles doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're uh, taking a canoe and you're carrying the canoe and carrying your backpack... And carrying all those things. And I remember, I think the, the longest portage from one lake to, an, to another was about a mile. But that mile felt like, man, it felt like 20 miles because you're carrying all the, the gear and your, your, your paddles and the aluminum canoes you're carrying. And so as we're going, we um, are uh, one of the, I think it was like the second or third lake that we had to go across was a lake called Tuscarora. And you can check this out if you want to. But Tuscarora is a pretty big lake um, that I think it's either the deepest or one of the deepest lakes up in the Boundary Waters. And those, those lakes are full of trout and pike and everything else. But uh, I, think, I think it's over 130 feet deep. And so we started going across this lake, and uh, we could barely see across it. We started going across this lake, and uh, the sun was out. And this was before cell phones for all of you youngsters in here. The sun was out. And uh, as we're paddling across this lake, um, suddenly um, we could sense there was a change in the atmosphere. Like there was a change. It was a drastic change. And we, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation before where, where, where like suddenly the, like the pressure changes and the wind like suddenly stops and everything is still and you just know that something's about to happen. And so we're uh, about halfway across this lake and the pressure changed and everything was good and fun, and we're having a good time, and suddenly the pressure changed, and the temperature changed, and we're like, oh my goodness, and the temperature dropped, and the wind stopped, and we knew that we were in for a wild ride, and so we started paddling quickly, and uh, we could see over the, over the trees that a storm, a ferocious storm was coming through, and so we're paddling, we're paddling faster, and sometimes when you're paddling faster, you're, it feels like you're going slower, and the waves started picking up. And, um, man, waves started coming over the side of the boat, and we were paddling as fast as we could, and there was thunder, and there was lightning, and I thought I was going to die, and my life was flashing before my my eyes, and I was, I was freaking out. I didn't know what to do, and 
my commander, we called him our commander, was in the boat with us, and he's just like, keep on paddling, just keep on going. And I, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever been like that in your life before where everything seems to be fine and calm and good and great, and, you know, you have, I don't know, you got some money in your bank account, you're getting along with your wife and your kids, or you're getting along with your, your husband and your kids and, you know, your, your friends, and, you know, everything seems to be going good. And suddenly there's a change in the atmosphere. You guys know what I'm talking about this morning? Where it's like, and suddenly you kind of know something's going to happen, and suddenly your basement floods, or suddenly your car breaks down, or suddenly, you know, you, you know your wife just starts talking back. I'm just kidding. Or some, you know, just some, so suddenly things start going south very quickly, and, 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 and it's like you just start, you know, I don't know. I feel like that happens a lot, and, and, and boom, the atmosphere changes, and, and I feel like storms often come unexpectedly, and they, they come in different shapes and sizes and severities. And some storms last for just a short time, and other storms seem like they never end. And, and, and sometimes I think when, when, when we're going into a storm, we, 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 we say, I wasn't ready for this, or we say, I wasn't ready for these waves, I, I didn't have this planned on my journey, this was unexpected, life isn't fair, um, I thought that he loved me, I thought this job was going to be what I needed, I thought that my life had finally come together I thought that I had it all together. I thought that I had it all planned out. And then the atmosphere changed. The atmosphere changed. And, you know, today, really what I, kind of the the purpose of my message is to speak to some of you this morning who, who might be in a storm. And the purpose of my message for you this morning is to tell you that, that you can worship God in the storm. I want to tell you this morning, let me say that one more time. The purpose of my message is to let you know that you can worship God in the storm. You know, you, you can worship God in the storm. And I, I think when we read this text, because I think sometimes when, when we get into a storm, worship is the last thing we want to do. We want to freak out. We want to tell everyone. We want to pound a wall. We want to start hitting things. We want, like, like worship is the very last thing that we want to do. But I think Again, the purpose of this message this morning is to tell you that, that you can worship God in the storm. You might say, why, why, why worship him in the storm? Like, why should I do it? And, and I think that we can see in the text that there are a couple of reasons why we can worship God in the storm. First of all, if you're taking notes, you can write down, he is present in the storm. Can you, can you say that? He is present in the storm. Say it one more time like you mean it. He is present in the storm. He's present in the storm. It's interesting because when you look at the text, you can see that the Lord is mentioned 18 different times. 18 times in 11 verses. That's a lot of times. And, and it isn't just, uh, it, it's interesting because the, the, the word Lord there is the sacred name that the Lord gave Moses. It's the Yahweh that the Lord gave Moses on Mount Sinai. 18 times in 11, in, in 11 verses, his personal, his sacred, his covenant name that he gave to Israel. Every verse except one has God's personal name in it, and most of it mentions his name 
twice. And so you, you read this and you can see that God is at the center of the psalm and that God is at the center of the storm and that God is at the center of what David is talking about. You know, it's interesting because a lot of times when I talk to people and I talk to them and I talk to people a lot of times during the week and they call me and sometimes we meet here at the church and, 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 and I, I hear a lot of different stories and a lot of different storms that people are going through, a lot of different trials that people are going through. One of the, one of the things that I often hear the most is I feel like God has left me, or I feel like God has forsaken me. And I want to encourage you this morning that the Lord is with you in the storm. I want to encourage you this morning that he has never left you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is your ever-present help in time of trouble, right? So if you're here this morning and you think, God's forgotten about me. God has neglected me. God has left me behind. I want to encourage you that, that God is in the storm. He's in the storm of your life this morning. He's in the, he's in the, he's in the trials of your life this morning. I kind of wonder, like, when, when again, when, I, when we read this psalm, I kind of wonder when David penned this. And I, I kind of think that perhaps he penned this. I like to think that he penned this late in his life. Maybe, maybe, maybe he was an old man sitting down, talking to his kids and his grandkids, and he's writing this psalm for them to read and to encourage them. You think about David's life, and, and, and really, you know, like from the beginning of his life to the end, we think of a lot of the great things, but he was someone who had faced many storms in his life. From, from looking back and uh, looking back at his life and reading how he was overlooked as a shepherd boy in the hill country of Bethlehem, uh, looking back and and reading about how he was being chased by a deranged, insane king, and he, as he was hiding in the mountains and in the caves, looking back and reading about his affair with Bathsheba and arranging for her uh, arranging for her her husband Uriah to be killed them losing their child, looking back and reading about how his kingdom was going to be split by his own son. And um, I can imagine him, again, I, I, I picture him writing this later in his life. And as he's looking back over the storms and over the trials of his life, seeing that God was in each of the storms and that God's fingerprints were all throughout his life. Sometimes in the midst of the storm, it's, it's hard to see that God's there. But sometimes it takes us to get through the storm, to look back and realize that he was there. Anyone else, like when you're in it, you're like, I just don't know what's happening. You're paddling really quickly and you're looking at the wind and the waves. You're looking at the, the difficulties. and I just don't know what's happening. And then you get through and you're like, okay, 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 okay. He never left me. He never forsook me, forsake, forsake me, forsook me. Is that a word? <laughs> He's my ever-present help in times of trouble. That was supposed to be a serious moment. I just blew it. He's my ever-present help in times of trouble. He is present with us in the storm. And I want to, again, maybe you're here this morning and you've been going through some storms and you feel like God has left you. You feel like he has deserted you. And I want to encourage you through the power of Scripture, through the words of someone who was after God's own heart, to a king who had experienced storm after storm after storm after trial after trial after trial after tribulation after tribulation after tribulation after death and sorrow and hurt and pain and anguish that the Lord is present with you in your storm.
I don't, know what I don't know what sort of storm you're going through this morning, but I know that the Lord is present with you in your storm. He's your ever-present help in times of trouble. He's your rock. He's your fortress. Where can I go? Where can I flee from his presence? If I go to the mountaintops, he's there. If I go down into the depths of the sea, he is there. The Lord is with you in your storm. Don't let the enemy come in and tell you, you know, he, he, he isn't here. Don't let the enemy come in and dilute your vision, but realize this morning that the Lord is present with you in your storm. He's present in the storm. The other, th- the other thing that I, I find interesting when I read the text, first of all, is that he's present in the storm, but also that, that God is in control. He's in control. Sometimes when storms hit, we feel like, I, I just don't, I, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to take this paddle and start rowing. I'm just going to take this bucket and start dumping out. Like, I just don't entirely know what I'm going to do. This seems kind of like, like things seem out of control. Things seem crazy. Things seem, you know, dangerous. And, uh, man, it, it's interesting because um, the, the Canaanites, um, worshiped different gods. They, they worshiped, um, there was a god named Yam, who was the god over the seas. They also were, worshiped the god of Baal, who was the, f- the fertility god. He was also the god of thunder. In fact, there's old pictures of him holding uh, a lightning bolt. And, you know, um, and in fact, just in general, storms are kind of awe-inspiring things, aren't they? Like, uh, especially, I don't know if you've ever flown over a storm before in a plane, and you look down and you can see the thunder and the lightning and the pot. Like, they're, they're, they're actually pretty awe-inspiring things. Um, I was just reading, um, I, I'm not a scientist by any stretch of the imagination, but I was just reading that the, just the average thunderstorm uh, produces 10 million kilowatts um, of energy, which is equivalent to, 20 kiloton, uh, to, a, to a 20 kiloton nuclear warhead. You think about that, that's actually pretty insane when you think about the, the power of a storm and the magnificence of a storm. And then you multiply that by, you know, a thousand and that's like a tropical storm. And um, sometimes I think, you know, we, we think that, oh, you know, uh, the, 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 this, is a, this storm is beyond God's control. This storm is just too wild. This storm is just too insane. I just don't know if God can mend this thing. I don't know if God can mend my broken heart. I don't know if God can fix this situation. I don't know if, if this just seems like this is outside of God's control. And I, I guess I want to remind you this morning that, that God is in control. There is no tempest. His voice cannot calm, and there is no grave that he cannot empty. God's in control. God's in control of your life. I think it's, it's interesting, too, when you look at the psalm, because if you just look for the phrase, the voice of the Lord, just go back and look at the phrase, the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord, let me find, the, let me find it again. The voice of the Lord is found once in verse 3. It's found once, twice in verse 4. It's found once in verse 5. It's found in verse 7. found in verse 8. found in verse 9. It's mentioned um, seven different times throughout the text. And each time you can see that the, the, the voice of the Lord, look at verse four, the, 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 the verse, verse 4 says, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. You know, when the storm is raging, we have the voice of the Lord. 
when the waters are churning, man, we have the voice of the Lord. When the trees are breaking, we have the voice of the Lord. When the fire is raging, we have the voice of the Lord. When your finances are on the fritz, you have the voice of the Lord. When your relationship is difficult and hard and you're trying to figure out what's going on, you have the voice of the Lord. When your kids have done something that they shouldn't have done, you have the voice of the Lord. When life is chaotic, you have the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord, you look at what happened in Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 1. And ironically, it mentions the voice of the Lord also seven times in Genesis chapter 1. It's mentioned seven times in Psalms chapter 29, and it's mentioned seven times in Genesis chapter 1. And in Genesis chapter 1, he says, the voice of the Lord said, let there be light. In Genesis chapter 1, the voice of the Lord said, let there be space between the waters. The voice of the Lord said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together in one place. The voice of the Lord said, let light appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. The voice of the Lord said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life. And the voice of the Lord said, let the earth produce every sort of animal. And the voice of the Lord said, let us make mankind in our image. The voice of the Lord is powerful and the voice of the Lord is majestic. Listen, if you feel like life is crazy and insane and all out of control, I want to remind you that you have the voice of the Lord this morning. We have the voice of the Lord in his word. It's like a mighty hammer that breaks the rocks to pieces. We have the voice of the Lord when we go to him in prayer where he speaks to us and he ministers to us and he teaches us and he pones us and he, and he, and he molds us, the voice of the Lord. Maybe this morning you just feel like, oh my goodness, the life is just out of control. I just don't know what to do. I want to encourage you to get into his word and to get into your prayer closet and to listen to the voice of the Lord because his voice can bring healing. His voice can bring protection. His voice brings power. His voice brings mercy. His voice brings help in our time of need. The voice of the Lord. Why worship him? Because he's present in the storm. Why worship him? Because because God is in control. Why worship him? Because he's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our praise. He's a good... He's a good, good father. He's a good, good God. Man, I, 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 look at the, I look at the text, and it's almost like his worthiness is like, is like the bread between the voice of the Lord. You look at the first two verses, and then you look at the last two verses, and both of them speak of his glory and his splendor and his majesty and his worthiness. It says, honor the Lord, you heavenly beings, Honor the Lord for his glory and his strength. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. And if you go down to verse 10 and 11, it says, The Lord rules over the floodwaters. The Lord reigns as king forever. The Lord gives his people strength, and the Lord blesses them with peace. You read that again. The Lord rules over the floodwaters, and the Lord reigns as king forever. The Lord gives his people strength The Lord blesses them with peace. The Lord blesses them with peace. The Lord is worthy of our praise. The Lord is worthy of our praise. You think about the people of Canaan. 
the people uh, of, and, the, and the Philistines, and they, they worshipped Baal, and they worshipped Asherah, they, they worshipped Yom, they worshipped Dagon, and you know, if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever researched these gods before, but it's actually kind of wild. These, 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 these gods re- required uh, incredible sacrifice. In fact, um, people would often sacrifice their children. And um, we find in some of the ancient cities where these, the people worship these Canaanite gods that they actually sacrificed their children and then buried them in the foundations of the city. Um, we also see that with a lot of these uh, ancient Canaanite religions that, um, that it, they, were, they were highly um, sexual and there was prostitution and, and death and, uh, and, and terrible things. And, and you think about, man, these, these people were worshiping gods that were dead. These people were worshiping gods that, that didn't even exist. And we have a God who can sympathize with our weakness. We have a God who spoke the world into existence through the voice of his word, right? We have a God who, who, who is powerful and majestic. We have a God who, who came and sent his son for us and who dwelt among us, who tabernacled among us, and who lived a perfect life and who was crucified for our, for our sicknesses, for our diseases, and for our sins so that we don't have to go to the tabernacle again and again and again. And he died, and on the third day it said that he raised to life. We serve a risen Savior, a risen God, a God who wants to be a part of our lives, who isn't distant and far off uh, like, like Baal with a lightning bolt in his hand, but who came and dwelt among us and loves us and want to have, wants to have a, a relationship with us. Like, like our God is worthy to be praised, right? He knit you together while you were still in your mother's womb. He has the, the hairs on your head numbered, and he, he sees you where you're at. He sees you in your storm. He sees you in your trial, in your tribulation, and he's worthy to be praised. And I think one of the first things the enemy tries to do when we go through a storm is he tries to seal our worship. But the Lord is worthy of our praise. And actually, could I... Could, could you come up and play a little for me, Sue? Is that okay? But the Lord is worthy of our praise. The Lord is worthy of our praise. The Lord is worthy of our praise. He's present in the storm. He's in control. And he's worthy of our praise. And he is worthy of our worship. Perhaps you're here this morning and you're, you're looking at your life. You're looking at the, the storm that you're in. And the enemy has just been coming in again and again and again. He's been attacking you again and again and again. And you've questioned whether God is there. You've questioned whether God's in control. And the enemy has stolen your praise. This morning, I believe the Spirit of the Lord is telling us, reminding us that He's He's there. He's in control and he wants you to praise him.
He's worthy of our praise. Perhaps there's someone here this morning that as you're sitting here in the, in the church, you're like, you know, I, I just feel like I could use some prayer. Scripture, it says, where two or three are gathered, the Lord's in our midst. I feel like I could just use some reminding that, that the Lord's in control, and I could use a little bit of a boost to my praise. That's you this morning. Would you mind just raising your hand so I know how to pray for you? Anyone here this morning? God, I know that you saw those hands and I did too. And Father, I just pray over these people that raised their hands this morning. I pray that you will... Uh, strengthen them and fortify them. Father, I pray that you will give them um, just tangible ways of them seeing you working in their lives, Father. I know sometimes we don't see your fingerprints until we get through the storm, but Father, I pray that they'll be able to see your fingerprints even while they're in the storm, Father. I love in the text how it says that you move over the waters and your voice speaks and your voice moves and your voice is powerful and it breaks the cedars and it breaks the trees. And then it says towards the end of the passage that the people said glory. And Father, I just pray right now that that you will uh, reignite the passion of praise in our hearts this morning, Father. I pray that you will reignite, reignite the passion of worship in our hearts this morning, Father. We know that you're worthy to be praised. Whatever circumstances we're going through, whatever hardships, whatever trials, whatever, whatever it might be, whether it might be financial or emotional or spiritual, Father, we know that um, you are over all things. You are, the alpha, you, are, you are the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, Father. We know that you care for us and that you see us where we're at and that you are with us in the storm that you're with us in the storms of our life and that you care for us and that you love us and that you have our best interest in mind, Father. I pray that as we leave this place, Father, that we will be people of hope that are encouraged because of your presence and your control and your power in our lives, Father. We just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We ask these things in your holy name. Amen.